For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. For another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Got AG Aaron Gershon, the QB, Jalen Whitlow. Fellas, how y'all doing? Doing well, man. Another week, uh, one more non conference game, and then uh, it's a seven game stretch of all SEC ball. So looking forward to breaking down last week, which was awesome defensively, a little sloppy offensively, but uh, can't complain too much at 3 0. Yeah, um, I'm good, man. Good and getting better, man. It's good to, uh, you know, see those guys put the ball in the air a little bit. You know, that's that's what I was excited to see. I went back and watched the game again a couple hours ago uh, when I had some time, just the offense. And, um, man, it's good to see them, you know, see that 30-something passing attempts. <laughs> that's, that's good to see to me, man. You know, just from a quarterback standpoint, hey, you know, I, I bet Will Levis is a happy guy right now. He can't complain. You know, getting the chance to throw the ball 30 times in the game, NIL deals coming in. What 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 more could, what more could you ask for? <laughs> and y'all said it. Y'all 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 called it that they would throw it around and, and try to get that tuned up and, and, and lined out. So they they did that. Uh still got like y'all said, you some stuff you want to improve on. Oh, yeah. The fact that yeah. you can do it after a win. And look, I'm a little older than y'all, but to be three and oh and be pissed off at like, oh, we, we didn't do this right. This is this is a whole new Kentucky football mm-hmm. mindset, mentality, culture, call it whatever you want to call it. Cause you used to scrap and claw, and y'all remember a few years after you, Jalen, it was you know, he went five and seven, five and seven. They just trying to make a bowl. Here we are, three and oh. It's not even fall yet. <laughs> you know, and so it's totally changed. It's totally changed. Now you blow somebody out and it's like, well, we still got this to work on and we better get this fixed if we want to be a good team before conference play. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely – there was a lot to be, I think, annoyed with on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, we all know the offensive line. I think continuity is still a big issue, just getting – you know, they've had five different starting fives at this point due to injury issues and then uh, just, you know, changing up personnel with Wallabog and Horsey at left tackle. But there was a couple of missed assignments on blocks from receivers that really agitated Stoops uh, Monday. Man, was he pissed off. You would never have known they won that game, let alone won 31-0. Uh, but uh, also, um, 
I think another thing is just some routes, kind of the timing of those getting messed up and leading to some of those interceptions. Uh, one of them, though, uh, Rich Carangrillo said yesterday was a footwork issue with Will, uh, that being the second one he threw. So, yeah, there's definitely some. And then, you know, Mark Stoops is so used to, obviously, like Jalen said, it's great to be airing the ball out and having an effective passing game, but you still want to have that run game. Uh, be a, a factor and really, you know, scare the opposition from just dropping back in coverage and make them think about the run too. And Kentucky is ranked, I want to say, 122nd in the run offense nationwide. Uh, that is just not who they've been. That's not their identity. And you can tell there's a lot of frustrations wanting to get back to that. And the question is, is it all schematical? Is it all blocking? Or is it simply just inserting number 24 in there next week? Yeah. I think, you know, the, the the thing that I get from watching them is like, I mean, you can never have everything at once. That's just life. You know, you just you look back, you know, two, three, four, five years ago and people are like, man, can we just throw the ball? Can we get two completions in a row? <laughs> like now you look right. now and it's like, man, can we can we get the ball? Can we advance the ball in the run game five yards down the field plus? And it's like, man, you know, and I do believe the run game is going to get on track. But it's like, man, you just you can never have everything. Special teams playing well, defense playing well, passing game looking good. Ah, the run game. You know, it's always going to be something that you got to build up. And like you said, you know, five different combinations up front is yeah. always tough. But I think they'll they'll gel and they'll get it together. The most exciting part about it, if I'm, if I'm Rich Gangarello, is we have been able to run the ball. I mean, like you said, uh, you know, 122nd or whatever in the country. And we know that's going to change. So yeah. once that change, how much more effective can we be? A lot more effective. And I think they got, you know, it's it's not a Chris Rodriguez thing, I don't think. It's a combination to me, and obviously I could be wrong, but this is just my opinion. It's a combination of everything. And I think, you know, Chris Rodriguez will help it because the guy never falls backwards. He's always falling forward, getting you back to the line of scrimmage at worst. You know, at his best case scenario against good teams, he's falling forward, getting you three. Like Stoop says, second and six, second and seven is a lot better than second and 12, 13. So that, and I think it's part scheme too, in my opinion. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of NFL scheme in this thing, man. And you, you're dealing with 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids, let's call it what it is. It takes them a while to get that stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I mean, Will is calling two plays in a huddle sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, so for, from a kid, you know, you got a kid coming from high school who his offense may be, you know, doubles, right. Cross, right. Two words. Hmm. Now you're going into the huddle and Will is calling two, seven, eight word plays at once. So that's 14, 16 words that he, they're getting in a huddle. That's a lot to process. And when you're not processing that at a good speed, you're playing a little bit slower. That's why you keep hearing the offensive the office of coaches and office of staff saying, you know, keep getting comfortable in the scheme. Uh, and we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But I got, you know, I got my opinions about that too. But uh, I think the last thing is just the, the offensive line. You know, they got to do better in the run game. I mean, period. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a physicality thing. I don't think it's a – um, uh, effort thing. I just think is a you know time in a saddle thing. I just think they need more time together. 
Yeah, and you met the running game, Chris, like you said, he's going to fall forward. And, you know, Mark Stoops said after the game Saturday and again Monday, they want to get back to running back downhill. But but the question is, uh, they're running a lot of outside zone, and that, that goes in with the scheme. So they're going to bounce it outside. H- how do you kind of balance getting back to running downhill, but also, you know, you're schematically sound to, to, to run outside zone? Yeah, that's 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 the thing. And I think – we all know Chris Rodriguez is a downhill runner. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, we know that. Uh, so I think you'll get, you know, especially early on when he gets back, you'll get a good rotation of guys in there because I think uh, one of the things that uh, – and I've been watching – I've been watching Cavassier since he was in high school because mm-hmm. he's from he's from where I'm from pretty much. Mm. So uh, one thing you will get is – Cavassier running a lot of the tosses, the the wide zones, the pin and pulls type schemes. And you'll, I mean, Chris will do it some. That's why I think they'll rotate early on the first game or two or three. And once the end of the season hit, you they're going to try to get Chris into that flow, I think. Um, but, you know, I think you got, you know, you got, it's a good problem to have at the end of the day. I mean, you got, you got multiple bags. I like the other kid that was coming in there too. Um, right. Um, yeah. I like him a lot, man. I, I, think, I, I think he, you know, I, I like him a lot. I think he's, yeah. uh, I think he's pretty good. I think they want him to get more involved, but he put the ball on the ground and you know how that goes to the stoops. That's doghouse immediately. Yeah. And that's another thing that I, I was shocked to see. I was shocked to see so many guys put the ball on the ground. Yeah. Four uh, times. Yeah. You really don't see that, you know, from, from, you know, Kentucky offense really. But like I said, you know, it's just about ironing out those kinks, you know, at the end of the day. And this is, I just saw a video about the whole Nebraska thing, but, you know, and, you know, uh, what's the guy? Iowa State coach was talking about, have we lost our way? Are we, why are we firing coaches so early in the season? Whatever. Obviously, it's the money. But I just think about at the end of the day, we got to realize this is college athletics. Uh, some of these kids are still, like I said, they're still kids, you know, so – it take it, it. This is not professional sports. At the end of the day, now we hold guys to a high standard because there's a lot of good, a lot of stuff you know riding on this stuff. But you know, guys get better and better and better as the season go. You get you watch NFL some days, and most of those guys are maxed out. That's as best as they're gonna get. You, you know, you're watching college football, and at the end of the day, they a lot of these kids are one year, two years, even three years removed from high school. You still got a lot of growing to do. So um, they'll get you know it's it's. You don't want to see that type of stuff. It's a discipline thing. It's a work ethic thing, whatever it may be. But, um, you know, I, I just think they'll continue to get better. It's Like I said, 31 to zero, and people are complaining. I look at the comments. <laughs> people are complaining. I'm like, I mean, just rewind that tape about 10, 11 years. I bet you'll stop. Yeah, and you're 100% on that. And here's the thing, though. Like you said, Jalen, uh, you can't have everything all at once. And, and right now – the defense is kind of carrying the offense. It's just a few things here and there. It looks like the offense will eventually click. Even though there's similarities between Rich and Cohen, it's still not going to be a seamless transition. You flash back a couple years after you left UK, where Stoops is 5-7, five 5-7, and seven, five and seven, mm-hmm. can't get that sixth win, trying to get bowl eligible. Then they go a couple years at 7-5, and five, you think back to uh, they beat Louisville forty-one to thirty-eight at Louisville. The offense had to carry the defense. Defense wasn't stopping people like they are now. You think back to that Mississippi State game where Austin McGinnis hits the kick. 
That game was in the <laughs> high to, mid to yeah, high 40, 38. Where the defense, once again, wasn't on par and able to get stops. Now we've seen it flip. The defense is having to carry the offense. You can't have it all. It's a juggling act. And while something is down, maybe the other units kind of kind of step it up and, and hold it down to that other unit gets where it needs to be. And that's kind of way, the way it is right now. Offense is trying to get up to where special teams and defense is. Yeah, and I, I – Go ahead, Jelly. No, you good. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. And I think, I mean, like we've kind of been saying, the offense it hasn't been like – it hasn't been horrendous. Like, you know, they're putting up points. They put up four touchdowns still, and they, you know, they put up another field goal. And then at Florida, they were able to manage a couple – you know, uh, they had a, that obviously the touchdown bomb to um, to Dane and were able to take advantage of a short field score touchdown, a couple field goals. So it's not like, you know, the offense has been non-existent. Uh, they just know, they know they need to take it to the next step because they're going to be playing a lot better defenses. I mean, look at how Ole Miss has transformed their defense this year. They've been uh, really sound defensively, way better than in past years when, you know, their whole team has been offense. So they're starting to um, – find a group defensively and then we know like later in the year what it's going to be like uh with georgia or even mississippi state in that five three five or three five three kentucky always struggles with so um it's really important i think to just get some things ironed out this week northern illinois guys uh defensively they're ranked 111th in the country uh 118 against the pass and 77 against the run mm-hmm. yeah i think uh you kind of hit the you know Nail on the head right there, man. I, you know, again, it's another game where, you know, maybe this game they switch a little bit. They really come out and try to establish the run, you know, that type of thing. But, um, you know, I, it, it's gonna, you know, like you said, it's not gonna be a seamless transition. There are some some carryover. There is some carryover from uh, Cohen, but at the same time, I watched the film. I don't see a lot of carryover. I see some, but it I don't looks see a, different. Yeah, I don't see a lot of carryover. Like formationally, you know, it's definitely different formationally. The way they using the tight ends in this offense is different. The fullbacks um, actually having a true fullback, a lot of yeah. snaps. You know, <laughs> it's you know schematically there are a lot of differences. You see a few similarities, but there are a lot of differences. I mean. And I know some of the terminology has changed. I know some of the offensive line calls have changed. I know some of the verbiage. And then you're dealing with a different type of energy at the coordinator position. You know, you're dealing with a different guy. Liam Cohen seemed like he was a little bit more fiery than this guy. This guy, Scangarello, is more seemed like he's more relaxed. Yeah. An older guy, laid back. But I mean, good coach, obviously. But you know, but he it's a different deal. You're dealing with a lot of different stuff, different style of teaching. Um, you know, so. And I know they try to keep everything else pretty much status quo on the staff on the offensive side of the ball for the most part, but you know it's it's a different it's a different deal. I mean, it is it's a it's a different scheme, it's a different style, it's a different you know uh, you know level of of processing that needs to play, take place to be successful and uh, you know and executing this offense. So again, it's still early though. You know, at the end of the day, but yes, they do need to get the run game going because when you play George, you got to be. You got to be hitting on all cylinders. You play, you play Mississippi State for whatever reason. Mississippi State is like kryptonite sometimes. You got to yeah. be hitting on all cylinders. Uh, all cylinders. I mean, you, it, it's just the truth. I think, I think Louisville is going to be uh, a bloodbath this year. But <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, you, you, yeah. you know, but you, but it's a rivalry game, so you never know. So you know, so I mean, and obviously the other SEC teams that we're not mentioning are going to be, you know, it's going to be 
a, a you know a dog fight in some of those games. So um, that's just how it is, man. This is how it is. <laughs> And, and this kind of low-hanging fruit, but I just feel – and the receiver rooms played pretty well uh, overall. Actually, I think really well. But I, I feel like they miss Wandale a little more than I thought they might oh, just because yeah. he can fl- he can make one play that just turns the game around. Yeah. And I, I think Tavion's really good. I just think Wandale's on a different level. Dane and Barry on are freshmen. Like, I just think they miss that guy who can turn a game on its head like that. I mean, we saw even against Florida, a game they did not play well offensively last year. I think Will threw for under 100 yards. And he still had that 41-yard touchdown catch that kind of swung momentum in that ball game. Yeah, I think uh, I was watching it today, and I was like, "Man, I wish, I wish Tavion could get more routes down the field." You know, yeah. to, you know, but obviously they have they're doing a good job of using guys for what they're good for. Um, Dan Key, I watched him, and I've watched videos of him. He's very good at understanding the scope of what the offense want to do, like the broad perspective of what. They want to get accomplished on each play. I could tell by how good his timing is, you know, on those benders and those digs and those end cuts. He's really, uh, he's really savvy for his age, you know. But you know, I think Tavion definitely needs the ball more. I think he's a playmaker. He just don't have that spark that um, that um, uh, the kid from last year had. Wondell, yeah, Wondell, yeah. He don't, he don't have the spark as far as the, the speed. The initial suddenness that Wandell had, but he's a good receiver. He's really good. I mean, he he does. I mean, I've watched him. And he, he's a really good receiver. They they almost got it. Uh, I think this is the first time in Stoops' career as a head coach at Kentucky where he almost you know is kind of lost when it comes to not lost, but he got a, he got embarrassment of riches at receiver. I mean, call it what it is. I mean, you put the kill Crowders in there, he can make plays. I mean, you put. Um, um, Harris in there, he can make plays. You put uh um, hey, Chauncey. Yeah. Cha- yeah Chauncey, in my opinion, Cha- Chauncey's gonna be an NFL receiver. Y'all heard it. He's y'all got heard good it. hands. Yeah, he's gonna be an NFL receiver. I, I I really like him. I think he's uh he's one of those like sure guys to, to mm-hmm. me. I could be wrong, but the coaches speak highly of him, they like him. Uh you also got uh Lewis. Um that's you know mm-hmm. catching touchdown. I mean, you know, they got they got guys and they're gonna play tight ends, they're gonna play fullback. So it's almost it's tough to find you know a nice rotation when you're sometimes only playing two receivers on the field and sometimes one. To, so yeah, you know, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to get Jordan Anthony in there, man. He was wide. I don't know if you could see it well uh, watching the film, but the one play they let him just run free. He was wide open. Oh and yeah, Will just missed him, man. He yeah, was he, wide open. Yeah, he was. I mean, he got down the field in a hurry. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. So they they got guys, man. Uh, Again, you know, I, I I like where this is going. I think it's I think it's going to be interesting where they end up. I really do. If they stay healthy, I think they got a chance to end up in a really good spot. And you mentioned, you know, uh, Tavion down the field. I think all this is this is what all this stuff they got to get cleaned up. We we seen flashes. You look at the game at Florida, the sixty yard pass to Key. He had time. That that takes time to develop, and he was given time to throw that pass. So if, if everything gets in sync, we might start seeing that down the field yeah. stuff open up. I want to backtrack too. My bad, Aaron. I'm no, hold on. You go yeah, ahead. Real ahead. quick on Tavion. I think they might start getting him more down the field when Chris is back. I think he's kind of, you know, we've seen some looks out of the backfield. We've seen some of those dinks, you know, screen passes. I think they're just trying to like, 
it's a way to get the run game or the short game going that they haven't been able to with Cavasse and Lavelle yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. Uh, and uh, let me too. I hadn't mentioned we, we courtesy of Believe dot com. I didn't say it at the beginning. Y'all can get this episode and all the episodes go straight to the the source mm-hmm. if you want to the site bleav.com or wherever you get your podcast apple spotify stitcher wherever you get your podcast is available there um, go to youtube you can watch us believe podcast network youtube channel they post the video of this episode and we tweet the links out as well uh, and a sea of blue uh, they put these episodes up on their site and promote it on there as well so we appreciate everybody taking the time to put these episodes up on the site I was just going to backtrack real quick to one thing that we uh, talked about in the previous episode, but didn't really get to it. Y'all both mentioned the uh, the, the interception for Will at Florida. Uh, was that on him? Was that O-line where he, he just got hit? How did, what, how did y'all yeah. kind of break that down? If you Because uh, we, <laughs> we, we mentioned it and then didn't really kind of dive into it. Yeah, I think Mark Stoops put it best. He was talking about that play actually on Monday. It, it, there's nothing Will could have really done there. I mean, not he was under duress, and you know the ball kind of just fell in a guy's lap. So it, it was just a you know it was a bad play all around. Nothing much you could do about it. Uh, I really think the only pick that stood out that was like oh come on will was the last one against youngstown in the fourth quarter um and scangrello said this yesterday that his footwork just got clunky you know he thought someone was supposed to be in a certain spot and it just didn't end up you know panning out it was a good play by the db uh they covered it up and will just made a bad decision and his footwork got clunky because he rushed the play so um I, I think for the most part though uh some of it is you know this is a young wideout room and some of the routes and the timing are still not quite there um i think that was kind of what happened in the ohio game in the end zone and then um I think the first pick against Youngstown State, they said was a wrong route. So, uh, you know, there's still and also, I mean, outside, actually, I can't I don't know how many of these guys he really has much game rep with because Tavion's new to this team. He's not new to college ball, but he's new to the team. So uh, there's a lot of there's a filling out process going on. And, uh, you know, the picks are definitely higher than they want, but it's hard to put the blame uh, too much on the quarterback just yet. Yeah, this, you know. Court, we talked, we spoke about this before, but quarterback. I mean, it's a, it's a position where you got to rely on a lot to be successful, and obviously it starts with you. But there's a lot of factors, and I think you know, you're gonna throw interceptions at this position. You know, especially when you're throwing the ball 30 times a game, you're gonna you're gonna throw a couple. Now you want to cut them down. Obviously, you don't want to throw a lot of them. But uh, the first pick was, I think, was an honest interception. I mean, it happened. Yeah. The second pick, yes, was footwork. And I noticed, you know, this, a lot of people may not notice this, but um, I, I watched this stuff. But um, from the shotgun, he's he's going into like a lot of more, a lot more open shuffle type drops. He's not really crossing over as much as he did last year and taking true three step, five steps from the gun or whatever. He's he's opening a shuffle and opening and re, and hitching and resetting, um, or just you know. Um, rather than just taking a traditional drop. So I noticed he's doing that more. Uh, and I don't, I'm not sure if this is a comfortability thing. I'm sure the coaches give him leeway on concepts based on time and what he want to do, but I just noticed that. Uh, so I'm wondering if, you know, they thought that that would be a better fix for him, you know, to kind of take away some of those turnovers uh, and help with his, you know, um, you know, his base and his timing in the pocket and whatnot to kind of, 
you know, ease away some of those, you know, missed throws or whatnot. But at the end of the day, you don't want turnovers, you know, at the end yeah. of the day, regardless if it's a timing guy, regardless if it's a receiver running the wrong route, regardless if it's will fault, you know, all stoops here is turnover. All he <laughs> sees, you know, he don't want to see it. Yeah, they're losing from the a, turnover battle a second straight year. Yeah, from a, from, a, from a coach's standpoint, he, you know, at the end of the day, and I wouldn't care, I mean, let's stop doing it, whatever it is. Let's, you know. <laughs> Um, and I know that's easier said than done and you can't really and we talked about this before too you got to be careful how you approach your quarterback with turnovers because you don't want him to be gun shot yes I think I think he has a level of confidence right now throwing the ball that you want to keep going you just got to get everybody on the same page and I think you know 60 plus percent of it is the protection you know I think he I think he he's not as confident in the protection as you know you want your quarterback to be because you know they haven't been protecting great. Uh, no. So you want to see that get better. But um, I don't think we should be alarmed right now, you know, at, at that right now. Now, if, if, if it continues uh, next or this Saturday, then maybe. But, you know, I think um, I think they'll be fine. I think I think the one only use the word alarm. The only thing I'm really alarmed with the offense is, is the left tackle spot. And that's because uh Mark Soup said himself that Kenneth Horsey didn't play well uh, this past weekend against Youngstown. Um, they played pretty well, obviously, in the second half against Florida, but he also said Jagger Burton had a rough game. So that left side of the offensive line, it, I mean, I know Kenneth is not a natural left tackle, but they, they got to find an answer there. And it just doesn't sound like uh, with Goodwin, who they, from everything I heard this spring, they thought he was going to be the guy. And it just hasn't developed as quickly as they thought it would. And that that's my only area of like, all right, they really got to figure it out. I mean, left tackle, you got to protect that blind spot. I think that was, was it we were texting during the game Saturday and I was, yeah. runs to the left. Yeah. And Goodwin, you know, and, you know, it was funny because Goodwin got in the like that last drive with like two minutes left. And, you know, uh, I think Kaya was playing quarterback and he, he pancaked his dude and everyone's like, oh, he's ready. He's ready. And someone <laughs> asked Mark about that Monday and he was not having it. He's like, uh, no, nah, he's there's a lot more work to do. Nice yeah. play, but, uh, you know, not <laughs> not playing yet. Right, right. And we talked about the O-line, talked about C-Rod coming back. When he does come back uh, at Ole Miss, do you think that affects or helps the bootlegs? When when Will turns his back to the defense, you got guys coming right at him, breathing down his neck because they don't they don't respect the run, they don't respect the backs. They're gonna have to make sure C Rod doesn't have it before you pursue the QB. So that's that's gonna maybe give them a little breathing room and. Give him time to throw on on those boots and, and rollouts and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you know when you got a running back that was on those award list preseason award list. You got to respect them. So uh, and I, I and it's funny you said it. I noticed I was watching today. I was like, man, they not. You know, they had one they threw to uh, Tavion that was down the field on, on the drag or the cross coming across on the boot, boot not right, going towards the locker room. But um, that was a good throw and catch. But it had the boot game hadn't been as clean as you would want it. Uh, and I do think part of it is, you know, the lack of uh, success in the run game. Uh, mm. And part of it is personnel. You know, when you got when you got a running back back there that you really fear, um, you know, you got to respect it. I mean, this is just natural. The boot game, you know, this is my favorite. I mean, all you know, my brothers joke all the time. Um, but it's my favorite, pat, you know, uh, play action protection when it comes to calling plays. If I'm an officer coordinator, I'm calling it. 
and I'm calling at least five times a game, especially running the type of offense that they run. Because it's so, I mean, you get a, a good athlete on the edge. You know, you're faking it to a good player, right? You're blocking the way you're getting out on the edge. You, you're moving the launch point. Um, once those good, and, you know, once you play Georgia and some of those teams, those good defensive ends get a chance to beat down on your quarterback that's going to be in the same spot. That's why you'll see Mississippi State get obliterated by teams like Alabama and Georgia because they got quarterback is dropping back in the same spot every snap. Uh, so you're you're not you know I mean if I'm Will Anderson or whoever from Georgia or whoever a good defensive end when I play Mississippi State it's my it's my money game you know and but that's the tough thing about Kentucky's offense you don't get a chance to do that um, because you get a good athlete on the move you know you're changing the launch point you're getting guys on the move so. Um, I think that's going to be a huge part of their success on offense. And um, they went to it a couple of times. And Youngstown State, give, I mean, we got to give Youngstown State credit. I mean, they played it well, too. So uh, it wasn't just Kentucky not executing. But um, I think uh, I think that'll that'll pick up some once once Chris get back. I, I just – that Ole Miss game just scared me because Lane Kiffin is a mad scientist, man. He He yeah. is. So that's that's the only reason. But I think the de- the defense is so good that, you know, I don't think, you know, it's that big of a deal, even though there's, st- you know, Ole Miss is good. But our uh, Kentucky defense is like, you know, lights out right now. So they got to keep that going. But uh, but we'll see. Yeah, but yes, Chris Rodriguez. I mean, I mean, if 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 Rich could, Rich Gangarillo could like, you know, time travel, he'll he'll time travel to Ole Miss game right now. Yeah, that defense got to keep it going for a little while without Jordan Wright. Now, that's, that's a key cause. JJ. Jordan's good. I'm sorry, yeah. Weaver. You're good. I get the JW's confused, man. Uh, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Jordan Weaver, who that, that elbow, man, looked like the hyperextension looked yeah. gruesome. And it's so week to week or however it is, which is mm-hmm. great to hear because you thought uh, could be worse moment done for the year. But, uh, you know, we got we're here in Afari possibly stepping up and oh, some yeah. other guys maybe trying to to step in there and keep that defense going like you talked about. Yeah, it's it's gonna be Afari and Keaton Wade for sure. And those two guys, uh we've talked about it, man. They're counting on these freshmen this year like they haven't in, in the last couple. And but both those guys have been, especially Afari. I mean, Afari's been a, a difference maker. He really has. He led the team uh in tackles during that shutout win, and he played almost every snap after JJ went down. And he was talking today about, you know, just building up stamina and getting ready to go because he's probably gonna play all game until you know if it gets out of hand they're able to get to the backup so uh he's obviously a guy that can play you know everywhere uh, he can he said he'll play anywhere on the defense uh, he's an athlete so he's played li- outside linebacker safety corner you name it he's done it all and then I think we've seen some good things from Keaton Wade too he obviously blew up that one pass play week one and had his first sack uh last week so uh, you got to feel pretty good about those two this week it's just a matter of um, when we get to SEC play, if those guys are ready uh, to step up, like Afari did at Florida, but Wade not as much playing time there uh, at the Swamp there. Yeah. So that, that depth that we didn't see in years past. Oh, Jay, it's you there. Talk, you talk about how multiple they are, Jalen, and now multiple and a lot of young, versatile guys. I mean, we, we see them doing that on the offensive line, plugging guys in and rotating them, but now these young defensive guys coming in and uh, seemingly able to handle everything that's on their plate so far. Yeah, they definitely. Uh, you know, like I said, I, 
the defense is, is, is very good. You know, I, the potentially could be one of probably the best yeah. um, potentially, especially when, when Weaver gets back and gets healthy, uh, can potentially be the best defense that Stoops has had. Uh, yeah. Can potentially be the best team, hands down, that he's had. I think is I think is hands down the most talent that he's had on one roster. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, easy in my opinion. I agree. At least from what you know, no disrespect to the other teams, but I'm just calling it what it is. From no, watching, right. watching the teams in the past few years, I think this team beats any other team he's ever had. You know, uh, just the combination of what he has in the backfield, uh, receiver, and I know they some of them are young, but. The depth on defense is really good. Guys come right in and, and, and produce. Um, they know what they're doing. I mean, it's just, you know, I think they really trust Valentine at corner. Uh, you know, they they really, they really, you know, I just think, you know, um, Brad White can, you know, I think he sees comfortable. I watch his interviews and he just seemed confident in him. Uh, and, I, you know, so that's that's a good sign because, you know, you get to playing, you know, Georgia and, you know, some of those teams. And uh, I don't know, South Carolina's kind of up in the air right now. But um, but you, you get to play in, you know, the competition that we know who's going to give some good competition. Uh, I don't think there's any, like, uh, anxiety with the defensive staff. I think they're really confident <laughs> what they have. As long as they stay healthy, I think uh, a lot of people are going to have a hard time scoring on them. Now it's going to be, you know, can the offense kind of put those pieces together uh, and get everything kind of rolling and get that run game going? Because once the run game is going, you know the pass game is going to be fine because you can play action, you know. And like you said, the Florida game, they, you know, they took a shot on a seven, eight-man protection, deep post and deep over or deep post and dig, whatever it was. I mean, now you can really get those guys down the field and you really get, you know, create the time in the backfield to allow – those speedsters to use their speed to get down the field because we all got the arm to get it to them. Now you, 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 you know, you get the protection to allow the speed to get down the field. Now you get, you putting defenses in bad, in bad positions. So again, I, I think, I think they're really confident in, in their team. I think, uh, you know, from what I see, you know, it, you know, as long as they stay healthy, that's always the thing. Staying healthy at, at the positions they need to stay healthy and you're going to get guys banged up, but um I, I see it. I see it being a good thing because of the depth, like you said, the depth is is there. Yeah, two things on that. I think one, this is Brad White's last year here because he's going to get a head coaching job. I think he's just too good, especially that game plan he had against Richardson and uh, Mike Stoops. Maybe Frank Buffano. Who knows if they'll go in house or what route? And then the other thing is. Yeah, Carrington Valentine being what he is this year is a game changer because I was hard on him because last year was bad. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. It was a, He did not play great. Uh, even week one, I didn't think he played great. But the last two weeks, man, he's been – he's locked down. I mean, Bryce Oliver, who obviously UK knows very well, he, he's put up really good numbers at Youngstown. He's like 10 touchdowns in 13 games there. And, you know, outside of one play, I mean, Valentine just owned him in that matchup. And he obviously did the same uh, against Florida. And he, I think he has 10 bat pass breakups, which is I know he's tied for the lead in the nation in pass breakups. So I think just having that lockdown cornerback one from him uh, allows it to, you know, the rest of the secondary to catch their breath and know, OK, one side's taken care of. And then you had Kedron Smith, who 
has been even better than advertised. You knew you were going to get experience. You knew you were going to get a guy unafraid of playing in the SEC and a guy who's been a ball hawk throughout his career. A lot of, I think, six interceptions going. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. End of the year. Um, but, man, it just takes a lot of pressure off guys when you have uh, two sound cornerbacks on the outside. And then I think even at safety, I think Tyrell Asian's Brought it, he's really stepped his game up this year. This is the best he's played. And, um, you know, we'll see if Jordan Lovett can, you know, continue to to gain experience and be a lockdown free safety, do his job there. But, uh, yeah, that, that secondary being a lot better than people expected it to be takes a lot of pressure off some of the areas uh, of concern. And um, this maybe shouldn't even surprise us. I mean, after Mike Edwards and all those guys left, Everybody said, well, secondary is going to be terrible. And they came back again <laughs> with a solid pass defense uh, in the secondary. So, it, you know, to the point, still not where Alabama and Georgia are yet, but Kentucky's ability to to reload is, is happening more and more where you think there's going to be a drop-off and here comes some guys stepping right in and maintaining the level that they are. We're, we're starting to see that. You know, kind of in cycles. When you when you have a bunch of guys leave, you you got a bunch of guys ready. Yeah, I mean, when you recruit, when you recruit that well, you know that you know consecutive years like that. I mean, that's what that's kind of what happens. And build the at the end of the day, winning recruits, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so and and guys seeing, you know, these guys from Kentucky that's in the NFL and not not only in the NFL, they're actually in the NFL producing. So. Kentucky's shown that they can get talent and develop talent. Uh, so I think the recruits are going to come, um, and, and you're seeing that. You know, they it's all over the film. And it's easy to recruit now on offense because all you got to do is tell kids, look, we got an NFL coordinator. Yeah. He knows everybody in the NFL. Uh, you know. And I'm right going. now the defensive coordinator is six years in the NFL too. I mean, yeah, yeah. two NFL coordinators. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, two NFL coordinators. I mean – they're just in a, as a program, just in a good spot right now. You know, it just, yeah. it just is. And I think, and like you said, you know, Brad White eventually will get a head coaching job. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think uh, he just, he's, he just seems like a head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you get some guys who they say, Oh, he's, he's the next head coach. And they don't necessarily seem like a head coach. He kind of seems like a, he seems like a guy who want to run a program. Um, and I think, you know, Mike Stoops maybe maybe next to I think, I think that's why he's here <laughs> yeah, to, to, to get that to get that position which um you know I think at the end of the day they're going to run what Mark Stoops want to run um and do what they've been doing so well but you know it may be maybe some more Stoops in there yeah Mike is, Mike is seasoned he's been around the block so you oh, know, yeah he won't be in over his head for he won't be nothing unfamiliar if, if yeah it does play out that way yeah, and this is going to be a. I think obviously we know a quarterback they're going to need it, but this is going to be a big transfer portal off season because you know the as of right now the recruiting class they have is just. I mean, we'll see how much better it's going to get, but it's not like the same. You know, all these 
top guys, household names as they got last year. Obviously, there's some really good, a couple big safeties coming in. Shamar Porter at receiver, really good, good additions there. But I, I just think like quarterback position, uh, linebacker, because you're going to lose Square and you're going to lose Jones. Uh, offensive line, seeing what's going on this year. I, I just think it's going to be a big transfer portal offseason. And <laughs> that's a good thing because there have been very, very few misses, if any, out of the transfer portal uh, from this Kentucky staff. I mean, I, I can't think of one. It's too early to say D Beckwith has been a bust because we haven't really gotten to see him play. So like every single transfer portal addition they've made uh, since these new rules have taken shape, uh, they've pretty much hit on. Yeah, and I think – oh, go ahead. Uh, well, man, I was going to say, we, we talked about him getting some looks at running back. You you said at practice you saw him take yeah. the balls. I mean, it was garbage time, but put that – He's there. Right there and, uh, I love I love Mark trying to be sly. He said it's not going to happen. And then Rich Scrangrilla basically said he's an H-back this week. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I was like, we'll see what you got. And some Tennessee fans that I know were like, oh, he ain't, he ain't nothing in it. You know, he ain't. So, that's, of course, they're going to say that since he left their program. Yeah, verdict ain't out yet. <laughs> exactly. Um, but go ahead, man, Jay. I know I stepped on you, so go ahead. No, no, you're good, man. Yeah, I was just saying, uh, you know, with the, the transfer portal, man, think about the quarterbacks you can attract now. You know, with the staff, I mean, you can – you know, I think the days of, like, quarterback you know obviously guys got to pan out but the days of like maybe not having as much talent as you want at the quarterback position maybe maybe over i mean with the track record of hiring certain coordinators uh and certain styles of offense and then you know will Levis is going to be a draft pick so it's just it's just it, the, he got the ball rolling at that position the right way um you know with the coordinator hires and whatnot so um, you know, I think that's going to be that's going to be very interesting to see uh, who who comes in after after Levis because you know there's a lot of quarterbacks out there with talent that's not starting right now, uh, and there's going to be a lot of guys that's you know wanting to put their name in the transfer portal, and the ones that do are going to be ringing the doorbell at Kentucky. They, I mean, they want that's just you know if you're an NFL caliber guy, guy that can play on that level. I mean, this seems like the place for you right now. Um, when you look across the landscape of college football, when it comes to being pro ready, two, you know, you, I mean, you got two pro coordinators at the school. So um, that's going to be big. And that's a huge selling point um, with these, with, with the kids that's going to be in transfer and the high school kids. I mean, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. I think, uh, you, again, you can attract, I mean, you got guys probably reaching out, you know, to the school for that. Rather than having to beg kids to come, you know, so that's a this it's a different it's a different world they're in now uh, on offense for sure. Recruiting yourself now, it's recruiting itself. Yeah, it's 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 desperate. I mean, you don't Alabama doesn't have to go out and beg a quarterback, you know. Uh, USC with uh, Lincoln Riley don't you oh, know? Lane, always have. Yeah, Lane Kiffin don't have to go out and beg a quarter. I mean, these schools like Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Tennessee now, I know people don't want to hear that, but Tennessee, sure. you know, they don't have to go out and beg quarterbacks now. I mean, these schools, um, quarterbacks are begging them. You know, they want to go play for these schools because they, they know at the end of the day, this is going to give me the best shot uh, to put up numbers and to be successful. Uh, so I think, you know, I think that's going to be the thing. And Kentucky got an edge over some of them because they can say, look, you know, you're going to go into the NFL and you're going to hear this exact terminology 
these exact plays. So that's that's a huge so that's yeah. a that's a program changer that Stoops made by hiring Lee and Cohen last year. Yeah. And you're going to turn on the NFL draft, and yeah. your quarterback is yep. going to be in the top ten. Yeah, he 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 changed the program with that hire. I really, I really do believe that. I remember when he made that hire. When I saw it, I was like, because I was studying the Rams' offense. I'm a geek, so I was like, man, he he has changed the program with that one hire. Because now, if you're a quarterback and you got anybody around you with any quarterback knowledge, dude, Kentucky is very high on the list. You know, so you know that that's that was a program changer. And then you know, a lot of people were tweeting out, you know, the couple throws Will made, not textbook, you know, backpedaling. Back that one to Brendan Biggs. Throwing lasers, uh, which will a lot of people say will probably show up. When he does get drafted, that'll show up when they run the little clip of your yeah. you know college highlights. Uh just insane, you know. Yeah, the one to Tavion was uh that the one the one that I think Cole Kublik posted it. Yeah. Uh that that was crazy. You know, I <laughs> I train quarterbacks. I, I I've never seen You, you can't know, teach that. You can't no, you can't teach that. And uh like Rich said, that's you know is I think he I think he said this. He was like his only it's probably 15 quarterbacks on the planet yeah. that make some of those throws. Um and and that's the truth. I mean, the guy can just flat out throw the football, man. So yeah. that's, you know, you I don't care who comes in next year, they're not going <laughs> to you know, they're not going to be that throwing the ball. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to duplicate that. Yeah, it was that throw that got me, and then that one to Brendan Bates where he was falling backwards and yeah. just chucked it 30. I think it was a 29-yard gain to Bates, almost 30 yards in the air. It was – yeah, he can – he makes some wild throws, that's for sure. Yeah. like It's like a basketball player where, like, maybe the only thing squared to the basket is your arm. Everything else is off, and you just flick it, and it goes yeah. in. That's, that's what he was doing. The only thing that was – it was just – arm and shoulder everything else was off platform off center <laughs> out, of, out of time and, and it didn't matter just still through a laser yeah and that's why they want to get that footwork perfected because just imagine him with perfect footwork uh, better footwork and then you know still being able to make the throws when it's uh, under duress i mean yeah, yeah they got some yeah, yeah. And it, you know and it may be you got to be careful what you ask for too because i think part of the, you know what makes him him is his ability to not have his feet set and still make the throws. Yeah. Because you're not going to always have your feet set on these throws. So you definitely want to have good footwork. But, you know, again, you know, anybody else in college football pretty much except your name, except, you know, maybe C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, the usual culprits, anybody else may not make that throw. But, you know, he does. um, And, you know, you don't really want to say anything to him because – those are the plays that he gets you out of bad plays with yeah. his horn. Uh, so that that's you know that's one of those things that you got to be like ah uh, yeah you know but whatever <laughs> you know he made the play. So um, you know it's one of those things. It's a good problem to have though, man. Because trust me, there's a lot of coaches in the country right now wishing they had one. That's for sure. We'll get a couple of quick thoughts. Uh, what y'all saw. You know, throughout college football, right quick. But we'll talk about our friends at La Terrain first. Uh, designer watches. Timeless wrist watches made with pride. Our men's designer watches are built and designed for watch enthusiasts. Lotterrain watches are made to last with a careful selection of materials and components. This focus on detail from the design to your wrist provides our customers with a great watch at any price. Lotterrain.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Go see what Dave and Ben have on the site. They got watches for men and women. 
accessories. You can accessorize your timepiece. Different styles, a great collection. Go to LaTerrain.com. Tell them you heard about them on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. You can even hit them up in the chat and ask about a certain watch or a certain band. They'll respond and answer, and that way you can make an informed decision before you purchase LaTerrain.com. Go check our friends out there. What from the weekend maybe jumped out at y'all in uh, some of the other games throughout the SEC or, or throughout college football? Whew, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, I would think – I'd say the uh, LSU was a bit of – I didn't think they'd beat Mississippi State, uh, mm-hmm. let alone by two scores. So I got to give it to Brian Kelly there. Um, obviously, Death Valley is a really tough play to, place to play in Mississippi State – always seems to be just be a different team away from Starkville. So um, who knows how much, what to read into that game. Uh, obviously I think there's a lot Kentucky can watch on tape and try to try to duplicate there, but um, you know, I got to give credit to LSU. And um, uh, I definitely think uh, the Anthony Richardson t- uh, hype train has slowed down uh, after <laughs> that was not a, not a good game at USF. And, if it weren't for or against USF rather, and if uh weren't for a bad snap by the center and then a, a bad hold, they USF putting it in overtime. So uh those are my two SEC takeaways. And then um really uh feel bad for Nebraska. That that's my other one. And then there really just wasn't that much going on that surprised me. I think uh, I gotta give credit to you, Dub, smashing Michigan State. I've always known that program was overrated, so <laughs> not to, not too surprised there. And uh yeah, otherwise, though, it's just kind of – I mean, it was a good week. Every week of college football is great, but uh, it was kind of a – everything kind of went status quo, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the big thing for me, man, was uh, seeing Texas A&M bounce back and only give up nine. That's points. true. Now, Texas A&M has huge problems on offense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, to see to see them bounce back and and – because I had Miami winning that game, honestly. I thought me Miami too. would go in and beat them, especially coming off of last week. But, again – my brother played at Texas A&M uh, on a Saturday night. He was like, "Dude, it's damn near impossible to win here." <laughs> you know, it's, he was like, "Cause you know, he played a seven thirty game at Texas A&M, and he was like, bro, this is crazy.' You know, so maybe that play, you know, not maybe that did play a part in it. Um, Ohio State scoring seventy seven points was very <laughs> alarming to me. Uh, seventy seven points. I don't care who you playing. Seventy seven points is seventy seven points. Somebody almost got eighty put on them. Uh, that so, was Toledo, right? And Toledo yeah. came in here and gave Kentucky a fight a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, seventy-seven points again. That's seventy-seven points. That's 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 eleven touchdowns scored in one game. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty crazy, man. I don't, you know, yeah. that kind of glossed over the over the it football did. world. Seventy-seven points. If I'm Toledo, I'm extremely embarrassed. I mean. <laughs> that's that's a big deal. That's eleven. You know, that's eleven. T- it's hard to do that on anybody. Utah put up seventy the week after Florida. Who I forgot who they beat, but they put up yeah. seventy this year too. Yeah, and and my other <laughs> thing that yeah, like that a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, seventy-seven to seven or something like that. Yeah. And my other thing, this is my last thing. I said this preseason. I don't know how it's going to play out, but people need to watch out for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma is a problem. And I think they got a very good head coach. They got a very good offensive coordinator. They got a very good quarterback. They could be a team that we see in the playoff uh, if they're able to, you know, maneuver that schedule. The schedule's not easy. I think the Big 12 is kind of up for grabs. There's a lot of parity. Oklahoma uh, State's real good. Yeah, Oklahoma State's good. I think Texas is a juggernaut uh, when they have the quarterback now. But um, 
I think USC is another team that I think Lincoln Riley has done a lot really fast um, with that with that program. So I will say, you know, playoff picture, the two teams that stand out to me are Oklahoma and USC. Uh, I didn't expect USC to be as good as fast. I, I, I know he, I knew he would get it turned around eventually, but yeah. and I know they hadn't really played anybody great yeah. yet. But uh, and it, neither has Oklahoma really. They hadn't played anybody great yet, but the way in which they're winning is 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 really impressive from Oklahoma. I mean, they're 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 obviously the best team on the field, uh, and it's not even close. I mean, they embarrassed Nebraska. Uh, you know embarrassed him. I mean, and again, Nebraska's not very good, but you know, for, for you to go into Nebraska and, and That's do that a tough to place to play still. Yeah. 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 And, and they, and they, you know, I mean, it was like big brother stuff. They did. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was really, it was really bad. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what stood out to me, man. Uh, and again, the, the Florida thing, uh, the quarterback has the train is not even moving anymore. I mean, he, <laughs> he, you know, he, he he's gotta, got a he, lot to work on. Yeah, he got to come back for another year. You know, and oh, I said, yeah. I said that as a Kentucky game, I was like, yeah, this game solidifies that he's got to come back. I mean, he yeah. he's a great talent. He just needs, oh, more, yeah, he need more time. Yeah, no, he'll be great. He just the Cam Newton and Dak Prescott comparisons after one game no. was just yeah. not fair to the kid. And I, you got to put some blame on Billy Napier for that because he said it. He literally yeah. said he's somewhere in between Cam Newton and Dak Prescott. Like he, I think he, I think he was trying to hype his quarterback up and, try to, and yeah. try to. But but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you don't want to put that type of pressure on him. But another thing that stood out to me was, and again, people are gonna hate this. Two things really. Uh, Tennessee is, is is getting better. Oh yeah. And and Georgia is the best <laughs> team in the country, and it's not even close. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it, I don't really think it's that close. I think Georgia's the best team in the country. The defense has picked up where he left off. The offense is explosive this year, which yeah. is a huge problem. You know, on paper, most people will probably say Georgia's going to win it all this year on paper. Uh, but we'll see how things go. You know, things happen, right? Injuries, uh, yeah. going to other people's home field and playing them and having an off day. Uh, so, you know, th- things happen. So um, that's just what I took away from it. Again, I'm a geek. I'm a junkie when it comes to this. I, I watch – I go back on Sundays. I don't watch NFL ball. So I go back on Sundays and watch a lot of the college games over or the ones that I missed. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I picked up a lot of things. But um, I thought it was a very telling weekend, even though some teams didn't play good teams. I thought it was still – you can still see how a team – what a team is made of, even against, you know, lesser competition. So I thought those were the things that kind of stood out to me. And I think the Spencer Rattler, any hype there is also dead. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not, I know Georgia's going to make anyone look bad, but he yeah. doesn't look, he didn't look good against Georgia State. He didn't look right. good week two. It's yeah. just not there, man. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't touch him on FanDuel, man. I was like, you playing Georgia, bro. I can't. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't no. touch him. I wouldn't even touch, who are they playing this week? I wouldn't even touch him against the, I don't even know. They're playing a crap team. I wouldn't touch him. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's. You know, the thing about me, though, you, y'all mentioned Big Brother, Little Brother stuff. Well, that's that's the case with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Gundy's had some good teams before, but he just can't ever seem to beat Oklahoma. It's like 3-14 and 14 against them in his career, and they're not going to play each other when Oklahoma comes to the SEC. So everybody was clowning him like, yeah, I'm glad bad. that he doesn't have to do it. Florida, Tennessee is, is – Two teams going in opposite directions. Florida is kind of limping into Knoxville, and 
They've had Tennessee's number for a long time, but it looks like Tennessee's probably going to yeah, break through. And they're going to roll them, I think. Still. Lastly, and Jalen, you played. I don't know if you experienced it, but, you know, we, we talked about uh, App State, and, you know, they got college game day. They took it from A&M. Oh, that was how awesome. Do you, if you're Troy, how do you how do you bounce <laughs> back from that a game like that to lose that way? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> poor John Sum. Poor John Summerall. I hope Mar- I hope yes. I hope Stoops gave him a call after. I mean, yeah. you got you got you got a better chance of being struck by lightning than that happened, man. <laughs> I, I I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't even know what to. I don't know what you tell a team after that. I mean, I really don't. I I, I really don't know what you tell your team after that. I mean, that's just that's just tough. I just you know I think I don't know what App State got going on this year, but they seem like they got a lot of mojo. Yeah. Um, they they got it going on, but I, I I don't know. I my the answer to your question is I don't know. Uh, you know that's that's hard, man. That's hard to come back from right there. Yeah, one more one more takeaway from the weekend, if I can, because yeah. uh, App State reminded me of it. Because a, a former coach there is now at Louisville. He's got to go at Louisville, man. They're done. Yeah, that, yeah. The Scott Satterfield there is over. I mean. They, this was such a hyped off season. I didn't really understand for what, other than the fact they're recruiting these California kids out of nowhere. Uh, but man, they can't tackle. They literally can't tackle. Um, obviously, you know, Florida State loses their starting quarterback. It's a revenge game for him. And they still just that throw into that six, seven kid. Uh, in the end zone, just picking all over these Louisville corners. And, you know, Cunningham has flashes where it's like, man, he was great. And then it's just you make him throw the ball and he throws a pick. I mean, it's just it's just not working out for them. And, like, honestly, it's I think it's 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 been a while since both programs are good. But, like, if you – it'd be fun to have both teams good. Like, it really would. Uh, the, you know, to have both teams have reasonable reason to trash talk and have uh, a, just a really good game come the end of the regular season. And, uh Man, it, it, Louisville's a mess right now. That game against Florida State, I know the score was close because of the backup quarterback situation. Right, exactly. But man, they're bad, and they obviously got rolled by Syracuse, and they got they got bailed out at UCF by uh, a terrible game plan from G- Gus Malzahn. Yeah, I mean, does does Brad White take that job? Does Mike Stoops uh, take that job? <laughs> <laughs> they could use someone from Kentucky. Uh, hey, I wouldn't. I wouldn't write it off, man. I wouldn't I mean, either. But I mean, they need yeah. defense. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a that's a job where you don't got to move too far. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really, not. It's a great it's, point. It's right up the road, man. I mean, that job may be open, and it's not a bad. It's not a bad job for your first head job if you're Brad White, and if you no, it's, a great coach, job, it's not a bad job to try to bounce back into that head coaching position. But um, Oof, you know, that'd be all Stoops brothers against Oof. each other. Oof. Yeah, that that'll be. Hey, I, and I've been waiting to say that uh, all Oof. show. I was like, man, I'm. A, I'm gonna say this, you know. Say, I mean, there's. I don't know. I don't know if Rich is like a head coach right now. I don't know if he want to be, but he said he didn't want it for yeah, what it's worth. I don't blame him. You know, I'm, uh, a, I'm. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, that head coach thing is a different, different beat, uh, man. It's, it's as beat. as cool as that would be. I, I do think it's gonna be if they finally pull the trigger, if or when. I think Jeff Brom is. This is the time to leave Purdue and head that way. Mm-hmm. I really do. Look at they, dude. They suck, Purdue. I'm sorry. They have a good quarterback. <laughs> that defense can't stop anybody. They're gonna lose the quarterback after this year, O'Connell. And uh, you know, it's not the fan base there is not great. Uh, the Big Ten West stinks, but it's just never gonna happen at Purdue, man. Oh. And I think it, it could happen. At, I don't. It, it could happen at Louisville, where it it won't happen at Purdue. 
And he might have already waited too late. I don't Louisville might get to where they don't aren't even excited. Uh, I, I think he's done enough to one, he's a, obviously that's where he's from, that's yeah. his school. And two, he's done enough at Purdue that already impresses you. It's just that that's a job where it's gonna run out of steam eventually. <laughs> Boiler maker run out of steam. Eh? Yeah, uh, pun intended. Oh, <laughs> uh, and one last thing. I know Jalen, you don't watch the NFL, but the the Raiders lost kind of like oh, Troy did. God, worse. And look, Jalen, I know you know Hunter Renfro from his days at Clemson, the most sure-handed dude in the world. He fumbled twice on the same drive. He fumbled one time. The Raiders recover. They hit him on a little bubble screen again. He fumbles. Cardinals pick it up and to the house in overtime. That's how they lose. They're going in to get a field goal or win. Another devastating loss. From a dude who has got some of the surest hands we've ever seen, he didn't drop a ball at Clemson. Seeming like he caught everything in in anywhere in any fifty mile radius of him, he caught it. And to see him fumble twice in a drive, yeah. dude, it was it was crazy, man. He did get yeah. concussed on the second one though, <laughs> by okay. a fellow Clemson, by Simmons, a fellow hey, man, Clemson hey, dude. I've I've been watching Ren for over the years. This dude had a few concussions, man. Oh I, yeah, he gets I mean, hit. Yeah. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, Bama concussed him, and he stayed yep. in the game. I know when a guy's concussed. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he. I worry about Renfro sometimes, man. I was like, man, he he's been taking some hits, but uh, yeah, I mean, it happens, man. Like, you don't expect him to do it to no. fumble. I mean, but you know, it happens. You know, I remember, uh, you know, it, and then fumbles is just so devastating. That's why you hear a lot of coaches say, "I'm okay with interceptions, but fumbles." I can't deal with it. It's something about it. It's something about a fumble, man. That just I don't know. That yeah. just kind of take the the wind out of your sails, man. But um, you know, hey, I, yeah, hey, it happens. I, I was just wondering what happened because I saw the video where allegedly a fan uh smacked. Oh, the clock, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. So I I don't know if, if the guy tried to do it. I just saw the video, so I was like, okay, they must have won in dramatic fashion how they were celebrating. So I was wondering what happened, but um. I guess it happens, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, this podcast happens, and we enjoy bringing it to y'all. Enjoy all the knowledge and the quotes that you get, AG, from the coaches and the players, and they're interacting for the cat's paws doing your thing on the regular every day. All the knowledge and perspective you bring, Jalen. Hope everybody appreciates that. Hope everybody enjoys it when they listen to this episode. Uh, retweet it when we tweet it out. Tell your friends about it. If you like Kentucky at all, keep checking us out on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Hope to be talking about Kentucky being 4-0 heading to Oxford this time next week. And then we jump in that SEC grind, fellas. Get Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, man. Fun to watch. Absolutely. From my man Aaron Gershon. Jalen Whitlow, my name is Vinny Hardy. It's been another episode of Believe in Kentucky on the Believe Podcast Network. Number one content network for professionals. And we will holler at y'all next week.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.